Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I hope you're having a great Tuesday, and I'd like to start off by saying thank you for making Locked on Seminoles your first listen every single day, five days a week. We are brought to you today by rockauto.com. Great selection, great prices, great people to deal with. You need car parts, go to rockauto.com. Even better person to deal with, I got Dave Weiss right across from me. Look, we're free across all platforms, so you're probably listening on podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. But if you're on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing the same lovely, I don't know what you call this, almost blue-ish, North Troon, Lululemon t-shirt. Because we're recording this again on Sunday night. And again, if you were on YouTube, you'd know that. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. It's fun, it's free, and we're friendly. So do it. Today we're going to talk about the upcoming matchup this weekend. We we broke down the game from last weekend on yesterday's episode. You can find that on YouTube or on Apple Pods, wherever you want to look for it. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be all Clemson all the time, much like the top 10 has not been this year. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for this breakdown. We hope you're very excited for this breakdown. We know Holly and Stacy are pumped for this breakdown. Not my best use of our Holly and Stacy, so I'll get another one later. But Dave, let's dive in. Let's talk Florida State at Death Valley. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We can do a couple different things here. You know, typically in our breakdowns, we want to talk about when they have the ball, when we have the ball, and the other miscellaneous factors. I think that, well, I think that this is going to be a little more free form. I don't know if this will be our most organized discussion because Clemson was never a rival. There was the Bowden Bowl, which was cute. Like, it was like, oh, good. His son plays football coach, too. That's awesome. Oh, maybe he let him win a couple times so he wouldn't lose his job for, you know, and would let him stay around. And then they had Dabo. Dorky, doofus Dabo. Just this aw shucks, wide receiver coach, made head coach, used to sell insurance and then came back because it was his dream to be a football coach. And then they lost to West Virginia. 66 to whatever. Still are. Yeah. In fact, if you listen closely, West Virginia just scored again. And then they had this weird complex because they beat us with Clint Trickett in after EJ got hurt in 2011. And then it was like, oh, yeah, maybe this is, you know, maybe they've taken over. And then we just absolutely blitzkrieged them in 2012. They had a lead at halftime. We came back. 2013, we utterly embarrassed them. 2014, they couldn't even beat our backup when we self-suspended our starter. Yeah. And then they had a heck of a run. Mm-hmm. And in that time, they've gone from being that other team that's just doing pretty well right now to a team I hate with a burning, fiery passion. And it's nothing to do with their fans. I'm sure y'all are great people. Every experience I've had, I've actually been to three Clemson games in Death Valley. I've always had a pleasant experience. It's no NC State. It's not NC State. My little brother in my fraternity is actually from Clemson, South Carolina. 
it's more just Dabo Swinney and the culture he's created because there's a difference between old Clemson fans and new Clemson fans. Like when I was up there in college, we'd do a joint fraternity tailgate. Those kids were awful. They'd pour beer on us. They'd throw things. They'd try to fight. It was just stupid. And then that, 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 that attitude, that culture, right, has permeated through their fan base to where it's just this arrogance that was really unprecedented because we've, we've been great before. Really great. I mean, Nick Saban couldn't even get half of our record of consecutive top five finishes. The great Nick Saban. Yeah. Couldn't get half of it. Maybe got, maybe got eight, whatever. But we had 14. We've won national championships in the early 90s. We did it in the late 90s. We've done it in the teens. We've, we've won, you know, throughout the time. We've won it as an independent. We've had a Heisman Trophy winner. We joined the ACC and dominated the conference for 15, 16 years before Clemson came around. My point is, it's old money versus new money. And now it's so cool, I guess. It, I don't know if cool is the right word, but it is so cathartic and so gratifying to see those chickens coming home to roost for Clemson. Yeah. And they don't know what to make of it. Because again, like we said on yesterday's episode, they've never ever been good before. They have like one championship and it was back in the, what, the 1980 or the mid 80s, something like that. Who cares? So if Dabo's not the guy anymore, they don't have anything to look back on. They can't say, oh, well, we'll find another Bobby or another Jimbo. All they've ever had is Dabo. And there aren't a lot of insurance salesmen turned wide receivers coaches out there. Yeah. Might be, but not many in the NCAA. Yeah, so Clemson has been a boogeyman for the last several years. Uh, and like you said, it kind of came out of nowhere. People forget, if, if you're new-ish to college football even, you may not remember what the word Clemsoning is. Clemsoning is a real thing. There was like an advisory system created of like different flag colors for the threat level of Clemson, Clemson. And it's where Clemson would play in a football game where it was either important or they would expect they were expected to win and they would just fall flat. And it happened so frequently that Clemson couldn't really be taken seriously. I don't know that it's related, but Clemson has been as up as they could possibly be while Florida state has been as down as they've ever been. I think I'd rather it have been that way than Clemson being really, really good when we're really, really good because this is supposed to be an easy conference for Florida state. And if Clemson is on the way back down and Florida State is on the way back up, that leads me to believe Florida State will have a much easier time reclaiming this conference, which is where it should be. Yeah, and we're going to talk, we'll talk about that in a moment of what's really at stake here. I think I wanted to set the table of why is there so much Clemson hate? And now that y'all understand that, let's do it this way. Let's dive into what's at stake in this game and really what it means for the fans. Obviously, it maybe means another W in the in the score sheet. But why is this game so critical? Because again, if you're a newer fan, maybe you're looking at this, or maybe if you're just a fan that has, I don't know, better things to do during the week, like make a living, you're kind of like, okay, but Clemson's down. Why is it such a big deal if we beat them? We'll give you that answer. But first, I got to tell y'all about prize picks. Price picks is my new favorite thing. I'm retired from gambling, but I like the daily fantasy model. I think it's I think it's a fun way to do fantasy. You don't have to worry about it all year. They took that fantasy model and they made a new kind of daily fantasy. Basic way I can explain it is there's a bunch of players that have a bunch of props. Each one has a stat set for them that 
they're either going to go over or they're going to go under. So for this week, uh, one of my players was Ontario Wilson. It said receiving touchdowns, 0.5. So I got you draft a team of three to five players. I drafted him as one of my guys. And then I say, okay, do I think he's going to go over 0.5 receiving touchdowns, which would be one or more? Or do I think he's going to go under, a.k.a. not have one? Well, I picked over. He dropped one off his hands at the goal line, and therefore it didn't hit. So I ended up losing that one because one of my, I, you can do it two ways on your entry. You put in 20 bucks. If you Let's say you draft four players like I did. I said all four are going to hit what I'm picking, and uh, then I think my 20 was going to win me 100. Or you could say three out of four are going to hit, and then you, know, you might win like 60. So I, I'm an all-in kind of guy. If I had done three out of four, I would have won. But hey, no shame in my game. I like to send it. So prize picks, it's a lot of fun. New spin on Daily Fantasy. Download the app and use promo code Locked On. They'll match that first entry you make up to $100. It's free money. Use it. And then when you're done with that, go over to our title sponsor's website, rockauto.com. Rock Auto is great. They're one of the best partners we have. They have a wonderful selection, super easy to navigate. I hate going to stores these days because I'm a millennial and... When I was in college, they came out with Amazon, and that's just how my life works. But you can't get everything off Amazon. Sometimes you need to go to an actual expert. Rock Auto is that. So you get the expertise and the selection of a big chain auto parts store without the hassle of having to go down there and without the possibility of them being completely out of stock. And you get a great price on top of it. So go to rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. So Dave, we're talking about what's at stake here. And I think that pretty simply, it's the perception of can Florida State win another national championship? And here's why I say that. I don't think we're going to win a national championship this year. Everyone knows that. We're not. I don't think we're going to win one next year. I think everyone knows that. But the reality is, whether it's this playoff system or it's whatever expanded playoff system they come up with next, if you're in the ACC, You have to win your conference to play in the playoffs. Plain and simple. We're not going to get two teams. Sure as heck not going to get three. And they may go to an expanded system where you have to win your conference to go to the playoff. Or get an at-large bid, which again, we're not going to get. So when we look at the ACC, there's one team that's going to stop us from winning it on a perennial basis. That's Clemson. Yeah. And it's felt like there is this what would you say trench is trench deep enough? I'm saying trench like the Marianas trench, Marianas trench between where we are as a program and where they are. So yeah. it's kind of been this, how are we ever going to get relevant again? Because that's how good we have to get. So beating them this year would not just be beating Clemson for all the stuff I talked about at the beginning of the episode and getting revenge for all of that putting their smug fan base, the newer ones, not you older ones who used to give me food at the tailgates, you're cool, in their place, making Dabo probably cry, I hope. I don't I don't know how he'd react, but it hopefully wouldn't be with another weird hickory dickory doc TikTok video that makes me literally, my, my neck cringes and my skin crawls when I think about how awful that video was. But it would be proof that Clemson's absolute stranglehold on ACC hegemony is over because we'll now have on paper, Hey, look, yeah, this may be a down year for them, 
but it stands to reason they'll have more down years. And if we can capitalize on this one, if you, Mr. Four-Star Recruit, come play for us, we'll capitalize on the next one too. And then there's a, a visible path, maybe not in the next year or two, but eventually to a national championship. So I think this is an extremely important game from that perspective. Yeah, we, we talked about it. I, I think I said in the group chat, I can't overstate the importance of this game. And I, I just want to make clear, if we lose this game, that's what was expected, right? I mean, of course, everyone thought we were going to lose to Clemson, not just at the beginning of the year, but I think a lot of people still now think that. If Nail we were the to there. win this game, though, I think it makes a lot of people feel like we're a little bit closer, not just than we thought last week or the week before or three weeks ago, then at the beginning of the year we expected. Because when we talked about the least likely games we're going to win before the year, Clemson was numero uno. And despite the fact that they're down, they have been the flag bearer, the torch bearer for this conference and nationally for the better part of a decade now. Not quite, but uh, over five years. I mean, they've played in every playoff there's been. Right. Look, you can. We hate Clemson. You can't take that away from them, and you also can't say just because they're having a down year, you're beating a kid. Every kid on this team, because no one's eligibility expired last year, has played in right. at least one playoff, except the true freshman. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And the seniors and team played for four. The seniors just, team played in four. Clemson's roster is loaded with blue chip recruits. We don't directly face off against them in everyone we recruit, but you mentioned this. It is important for recruiting. Showing that we can beat a team that has been on top nationally for that long shows recruits that this staff, I'm not going to proclaim this staff, you know, Mike Norvell, the next Bobby Bowden or anything, or even Jimbo Fisher, but it shows them that we don't have the wrong guy. Even if we don't necessarily have the right guy long-term, we definitely don't have the wrong guy. And he has us headed in the right direction that these blue chip recruits that we need to get back there will want to play for. I agree. And I think you touched on something really important, Dave. We're supposed to lose this game at the beginning of the year. We were supposed to lose this game by 40 points. Exactly. So there's no downside here. If we win this game, it's all upside, right? Like you lose. Okay. You're supposed to lose. You win. All the things we just said come into play. You just beat the Clemson Tigers, and it's a huge deal, both for recruits, both for the program. I can say this as a fan and as a booster. I would love to see us beat Clemson. I really can't describe it any other way than that, and I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. And I had a conversation with a few people over the weekend who write much bigger checks than I do. I know they feel that way. So this is going to be a critical game for us if we win. And if we lose, it's not the end of the world. Because it's this, Clemson. This may, be an unpopular, this may be an unpopular opinion. I would rather beat them than anyone left on our schedule, Florida and Miami included. Florida and Miami have not been a true threat for a national championship for a long, long time. Miami's further away than we are, according to not just me. Curb Street said it. Plenty of people have said it. It's the truth. Beating Clemson would make me feel like we're a lot closer and headed on the right track than beating anybody else on this rest of the schedule. Would. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with that and disagree. I think if I had to pick one, I'm now swayed. I'd pick Miami, Florida. but I, oh. I, 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 well, just because I think Drake made a good point, how, you know, we're closer to them 
head to head with recruits than yeah. we are with any of the other ones. But I, I agree with the sentiment. I think that this really would be a big jump forward for the program. And I I want to I want to look at the actual game before we get out of here. But first, let me tell the folks about Sweat Block. Y'all know that I'm a big advocate of this. Every Sunday night, which is tonight, Sweat Block Night. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to hop out. I'm going to grab the wipes. I'm going to hit the left arm. I'm going to hit the right arm. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to take another shower. And then I'm going to get on my nine-hour or six-hour drive, whatever it is, up to Atlanta. And it'll uh, it'll keep me nice and dry all week. Sweat Block can keep you nice and dry, too. They've got the, the wipes that you do once a week. They've got deodorant. They've got, uh, they've got some creams for the areas that you typically use baby powder for. Fellas, you know what I'm talking about. It's a wonderful product. If you're like me, if you're a big, sweaty, testosterone-filled dude, go get some Sweatblock. Sweatblock.com, Amazon.com, or even in person in your CVS if you feel like seeing people while you do your shopping. All right, so let's get down to the actual nuts and bolts of this game, and, and let's talk about what we think quickly because we'll break this thing down You know, throughout the week. We're here five days a week, free across all platforms, as the people know. What's the thing you think that we are best positioned to exploit about this Clemson team? It's not going to be exploiting their defense, in my opinion. They haven't looked good, but Clemson's defense is good. No matter where you look, what category you look in, they're a top 10 overall defense. That hasn't gone anywhere. Without, is it Brian Brissett, that five-star interior D lineman they have? They've... <laughs> they they, they haven't got, been. I, I'm bad with names. You know that, Come right? They, he was the number one overall recruit in the country. They're missing him, and that that's been a big loss. And it affected them against Pitt. They talked about it on the broad broadcast. We don't have we don't have a Kenny Pickett, that no. quarterback who can just dissect that defense like he did. A good defense that he made look just silly a lot of the time. So if we're going to exploit anything, it's got to be our defense stepping up. DJ Uyungle has just been missing receivers. He's been missing reads. He hasn't been effective in doing anything besides scrambling. And he's not like any kind of really fast quarterback that would worry me. He's probably more similar to Syracuse's quarterback running the ball than anything. And he did light us up. But if we don't have to respect his arm so much, and their running game has been the exact opposite of Florida State's, if if we focus on defending the pass and giving him exotic looks in the secondary with, you know, getting some pressure on him with strange blitzes and dropping back in the zone and switching up zone and man coverages and confusing him, I don't expect him to have this coming out Heisman game that's been happening to no. Florida State where we joke about, oh, we're starting his Heisman campaign. I really don't see that happening. And if we can make him look just like everyone else has, we just have to score enough points to stay in it. And that shouldn't be more than in the twenties. I don't see them dropping 30 on us. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's what you'll hear across the beat, right? From the people that know what they know, this game is offensively going to be about, can we stay in it? Can Jordan Travis do enough with his legs to keep the drives alive? Can we avoid silly turnovers? Can we avoid penalties that make huge mistakes or that compound mistakes? And we've seen that we can do that this year. I mean, look, last game, besides the drop from from Pokey, which would have put him at 60% with a touchdown, Jordan Travis's stats, 5 of 10. Again, I argue it should be 6 of 10. But with 5 of 10, 127 yards, that's fine. 
no interceptions, no touchdowns, and then another 78 yards on the ground. That's all we need from him. He does if he has that kind of performance, you figure this time he plays all four quarters, so maybe he's maybe he's 12 or 13 of 20 and he throws a touchdown, throws no picks and runs for another 110 yards. And if Jay Sean and Trey Sean, two Sean as we call him, DJ Williams, Toa Philly, if we can really just pound them with our running backs, keep the ball on the ground, really limit their time of possession and get, I don't know, if we can break that four and a half to five yards per play mark, which is going to be tough against this defense, but we'll win this football game. If we can break four, we can have 4.1, 4.2 yards of play, and our defense can play the game they're capable of playing. Not the one they're always going to play because that consistency is not there yet, but play the game they're capable of playing. We can really limit this offense because I think the thing that we can really exploit is their offensive line. Their offensive line is not good. Right. And they're bad. They, I would, I would venture to say almost comically bad against Pitt. I mean, they just, they're turnstiles. We should be able to get to Wangalele. We should be able to sack him a few times. And you're right, Dave. He does have the ability to run similar to Garrett Schrader. The difference is Garrett Schrader's from North Carolina. He's a Southern guy. He's got that toughness to him. He likes to run the ball. DJ runs like a scared puppy. I mean, he literally looks like a dog who the, the front door's open for the first time. He's like, oh, should I run away? And he kind of is, un- he's on the front porch, not really sure if he should take off or not. I don't know. He's timid. Doesn't run well. When he does, it's, it works. But I, I don't know what is wrong with him, but I think he's probably just doesn't have the confidence that you need to be a quarterback in a, for a team like Clemson that heavily relies on a great quarterback to win football games. So he I think we can benched. exploit that. Yeah, well, he was benched. For, for We're not play. even sure. What would they do? We, a play? And then the no, it was guys, a, it was a series. Was no, I know. He threw like, but the other guy comes up and goes like two for seven. And it's like, oh, okay, well, we tried our tried the next guy, and that didn't work either. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think we can exploit that offensive line. I think, to your point, if the offense does just enough against what is a very good defense, so that way our defense can limit their points, we could win a close one here in Death Valley. But again, guys, I, as long as we're competitive in this game, I'm going to be happy. So don't please don't, on this Tuesday morning, when you pull into work and you turn this off, go, Max and Dave said we're going to beat Clemson. We're saying it's possible. We're saying five months ago, no one thought there was any probability, really any possibility that we could beat Clemson. And now it's something that realistically could happen. And I think that's really exciting. So we'll probably do some more in-depth previews later in the week. I'm on the road all week, so I will try to pop back on when I can. You may have a lot of Dave and a lot of Drake. Again, make sure you check out YouTube on your podcast app. Hit us with that five-star review. Thank you for listening. I don't know if I've done a genuine thank you this week, but I appreciate it. It's so much fun after Florida State absolutely bombshells the fighting Walt Bells and has a chance to be competitive with a Clemson team. When we haven't been competitive with Clemson in four or five years, maybe six years at this point, that we have a platform to come and talk about it. And we only have this because you all keep listening. So thank you for tuning in. I'm Max. That was Dave. And this was Locked On Seminoles. Screw you, Devo. <laughs>